I'm David S. Dawson from the Intellectual Podcast, a show that spotlights creatives from all walks of life. Part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other incredibly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to the 16th Better Podcasting Fireside Live Chat. I am Stephen John Rubin, of course, the Fireside Master. I don't know, is that a position? SP is here. A lot of fire masters going on right now with what's going on on West, but I wanted to say, remember when we were doing better podcasting when we were at 16 and we were talking about the age of the podcast in terms of, oh, the podcast can drive now and that sort of thing. Oh, I don't yeah. remember when we quit doing that, but I think it got close to my age, yeah. like 50-ish, and I was like, nah, we're not going to do this anymore. That's true. Which, by the way, better podcasting episode 16 was video podcasting colon the better podcasting method uh that was yeah we did a series on video podcasting so i guess that i think that was the one that we wrapped up or we might have done one more actually that talked about how we put them all together um like finding your common balance or something i think um oh we did see good memory there better podcasting episode 17 was video podcasting colon choosing your path fishing that was my little like blade slashing noise that you always hear on stingers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. Shishing. Yeah, that's well, I mean, that was with the Note 7 fire thing for Gunna Geek. <laughs> yeah. That's what you did that there. Yeah. That was good. By the way, talking about Gunna Geek, we had a little snafu this week. It wasn't we just you, it was me too, but you go ahead, tell your story. <laughs> yeah. So this week's episode, um, up actually let's let's back up a little bit this week's better podcasting q a the one we're recording right now we're recording this today on friday september 11th um and we just actually pre-recorded a little tease for you there we pre-recorded the next episode of better podcasting and we decided to do this because you were gonna go away and we thought i still am yeah you were and um, I said, well, let's do the two of them together because I wanted to allow myself a little bit more family time. I thought the family's important. You know, mm -hmm. um, my kids are back to school and there was, uh, you know, the day that we were going to record this. My wife happened to be off. I happened to be off. And so I thought, well, let's do something together as a family. So we decided to move that. And as you and I locked that down and decided we were going to move that and rearrange things my power went out in my house <laughs> and that was the day we were supposed to be recording the Gunna Geek show. So the power went out um, the day we were supposed to record the Gunna Geek show, which was because of high winds. And it was really annoying because I was working outside. I was trying to do something outside in my shed. And so I was still able to do it because I was using power tools. I even had a battery radio and stuff there, but it was just like really loud and really windy and you know, I kept having branches fall on me and stuff. And so I think I got a little bit of brain damage and I kept having some branches fall on me and I think I got a little bit of brain damage. So it all, you know, at the end of the day, no, at the end of the day, uh, we decided to cancel the Gunna Geek show. And I thought it was a good opportunity to talk a little bit about the decision we made and what we could have done if we wanted to go ahead with it. So the first thing to know with the Gunna Geek official show is that it is a video companion or it has a full video companion. 
and we live stream it. And we have a decent uh, audience that comes by regularly. And we were going to record this um, on a holiday. So that was one of the factors there right now. And traditionally, when we have a holiday, we see there the some of the normal people who come don't necessarily come to to the show. I think they maybe on a regular week treat the Monday recording as a nice way to un, unwind after your first day back to the work week or whatever. But we decided that that was a good opportunity to skip it there. But because I also produced the show, if we had decided to go through with that when I had no power, because we'll get there in a minute, someone else would have had to either take over the video element of it, you know, the video switching, or we would have had to use an alternative method like StreamYard. But if we figured that out, we would have also had to find a way for me to connect without power. And some of the ways that I think we came up with that I could have done this would obviously being use my phone camera. That's the way I could have got the video. Mm -hmm. Could have gotten no video for me. That was a possibility. I do have a laptop that I could have used as well, assuming there was a charge in there. Um, and I had several battery backups around that I probably could have, if I didn't have a charge on the laptop, probably could have kept me going for at least an episode, even if we truncated it. I could have done it from the car using a car inverter. I got a couple of those. And I could have just gone and uh, gone up to someone that I knew, news house, and, uh, you know, use their outside outlet because, you know, COVID, you don't really want to be going in if you're not seeing them. But I could have, I could have just sat outside their house and plugged in there, could have done any of these things. But Ultimately, we decided against it, but it was a fun, creative way to mull over the options and think about what could have worked if we did decide to go. Oh, and of course, by the way, for the audio recording, I absolutely would have thrown some batteries into my H6, of course, and uh, used that. Could have used the L8 that has batteries, but the H6, I have tested it in a simple remote solution. And because I haven't tested in a, in a remote solution, the L8, I wouldn't have done that. I think having one of those personal recorders are invaluable. The Zoom P4 hasn't come out yet, so I will reserve my comments until it, the production model actually comes out. I know there's a lot of excitement over it, but both Stephen and I have the H6. I also have the H5, and we'll talk about something else later on in the show as well. But it is our go-to, and I was almost all for going anyway, especially since it was going to be my last going to geek in a couple of weeks because I'm just not going to be on the recording due to vacation. But at the same time, we had a thunderstorm looming right over my house. I'm like, you know, if Steven's remote and then all of a sudden I go off, it's like, I don't know how entertaining of a show that's really going to be. So we just decided not to do it because of the multiple people having issues at the same time. If I hadn't had that storm about to come through, then I would have been all for going, but I recommended we cancel and ultimately we, we talked through it and we're like, yeah, no, we're going to call it. And if I remember correctly, Stephen, your power didn't come back on until right about two thirds, three quarters of the way through the show. Is that, that right? About that time? Yeah, that's about when it we would have been if we had been going. Um, and by the way, in our live chat, because if you didn't know this, Better Podcasting live chat, we have a live chat room that you can be in. Uh, Scatmaker said that I should just steal my neighbor's power, which, by the way, the neighbor's power was out. It was the whole area. But that's not to say I couldn't have gone to an adjacent neighborhood that did have power and uh, stolen it. And uh, quote, 
Mom? Dad? What's that outside the living room window? Don't worry about it. It's just our neighbor, Stephen, podcasting. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I, and by the way, we've had that comment before. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anywho, um, that's the decision we made. But it was, again, fun to think about how we could have done it. And uh, I probably would have because I have upgraded the laptop since, you know, mm -hmm. with education being uncertain. I took that opportunity to have a good laptop on hand for the kids. And I probably would have worked quite well um, with like a C922 and stuff too. Like I probably could have looked looked okay. Lighting would have been poor, but I don't know. That's probably how I would have done it. Um, and then uh, probably tethered to my phone. Um, yeah, I say that, but I okay, that would have been secondary because like I said, I had several battery backups. There's one that I had here that I probably could have easily had my my um, fiber modem and the um, router running for the show, and I probably could have done it right in here. Which I think it's important to say that you have actually tested that before, yeah. and it has worked mm -hmm. as long as you have power because there's some sort of battery backup to the, the fiber hub or server yeah. or whatever they want to call it. So that has worked in the past. But in a lot of cases, if the power goes out for a region like my region, if the power goes out, then our internet goes out as well. So not everybody has that opportunity. If you want to know, just wait until the power goes off and then test it. Because if you don't test it through a battery backup on your modem, on your Wi-Fi or your uh, uh, router, then you won't know if it's possible or not. And then you have to ask yourself, is it worth going through the, all the hassle to actually do it? If it's for your job... If you are podcasting for money, then absolutely for sure I would test those things whenever it came across. But if this is a hobby, you know, if you catch it, great. If you don't catch it, whatever, you might just decide, I don't want to waste the power cycles and I just want to not do it. So, yeah, it all depends on what's going on in your life, whatever. And you can't depend on cell service either, because if it's an outage in the area, cell service might be down Especially if it's a natural disaster, which I don't think you'd want to be podcasting in either. Maybe recording something for a posthumous sort of thing to to get out later, but nothing live. All right, you teased it a second ago, and let's move on quickly to that. Um, okay. H H eight. You right. you mentioned a minute ago. You teased teased the H eight. I do. I do. I have this. I actually recorded an unboxing video of it, which I don't know when I'll actually get that posted. But in the unboxing video, I ask if you have any questions. So I'm going to just ask this now because this might actually get out before the Gonna Geek Gear video does of it. If you have any questions about the use of the H8, let me know and I will run some tests on it. I am going out of town for a week or two here, and that's why I bought it. Why did I buy it? Because... In my production of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., Starling Tribune, Voices of Defiance, there are live bumps. We record live, just like we do here on Live Chat or Better Podcasting or Gonna Geek. And I am the producer of the show, and I have to interject the bumps, the intro, the outro, the pre-roll into that. And right now, I don't have a good way to doing that. So if I'm mobile, it's the production is without it. And in some cases, what you record is what you get later, and I... Wanted to make sure I could do it. Now, I did go down the path. I got a Motu M2, Motu M2, M-O-T-O-M2, which is a great audio interface. The problem is the drivers with it on some recording and some streaming, they will only take the left channel, not the left and the right channel. 
it's been an issue which we've known about for years. We talked about it before on Better Podcasting that some of the Skype inputs is only the left channel and not necessarily the right channel. So that's not going to work on a daily driver basis. So I decided to do an all-in-one. Now, I am in the market for a Zoom L12, Zoom L8, a Rodecaster Pro sort of thing for here in the studio. None of those that I just said are going to meet my requirements. So I'm not going to get any of those. But Zoom came out with this Zoom H8. And it is a, a workhorse. It's like a more advanced H6. The thing that intrigues me about this, it's made for musicians. There's no doubt about it. But it does have a podcaster mode on it. And it has a sound cart on there as well. I'm reading the document right now. Do you want me to do this right now? Yeah, I do, because you're talking okay. about the HA. So I've put in the chat in the, our document that we use behind the scenes, something that I think that you should say since oh, we're talking about the yeah, HA. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So we're here with Steven. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm Steven. John Drew, I'm an up and coming artist. <laughs> That's what the Zoom H8 promo had. That was their definition. That was their little tidbit for podcasters in there. That was how they represented that, that, podcasters. So that, that's that's right. It's a music podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm unboxing this again a little bit. So sorry about the uh, unboxing noises, but they did pack the H8 in you know the standard electronic gear packaging as well as the XY capsule. I'll open those in a second. Also in the box, they have the batteries so they have four double a batteries in there which can power the zoom h8 just like it can power the zoom h6 so they did the same thing there now i'm holding this sucker in my hand i actually have my h6 that doesn't work anymore uh right next to me as well so i'll do a little comparison but this is how big it is in my hand it is big it is a monster but it's still small and mobile it's not a big mixer like the Rodecaster Pro or the Zoom H8 or L8 or L12. And then the XY capsule, it reminds me of the H6 XY capsule. It's more beefy, but it doesn't have any shock months on it. And I haven't tried to record on it. I don't know if I will because I don't use it. This is for musicians. Like if you go to a concert, if you go to a bar and you have a band playing, you want to record them to review them later or something like that. That's really what this is for. This is not necessarily for use for podcasting. I do have a windscreen that I can put over this. It's the same size as the H6, and that's what I bought it for. So I have that. But again, what intrigued me about this was the podcasting mode. Also, Stephen, were you aware? And yes. I wasn't until I started looking into this, that you can actually buy this Zoom BTA-1. It is a Bluetooth adapter, and it'll go right here in the bottom. And I haven't opened it yet. And quite frankly, I'm going to be packing right after we're done <laughs> recording this. So I'm not going to fool around with this until I get to where I'm going. But it does have a Bluetooth capability. So I can take my soundboard, the same soundboard that I use here, which is an iPad mini 2, and I can use it through Bluetooth and have that record that way. Or I can use the sound pad somehow. I, I don't know how that works, so we'll see. 
how that works and use this as an audio interface. So that is my thoughts on why I got it. And this is just a perfect opportunity to try to use it. And honestly, it was one of the reasons why I didn't want to podcast because I, I just, I can't podcast like I do here, but I think with gear today, you can, it's just mm. a matter of how much you're going to do it. Now, I, I would like a case for this, uh, especially if I'm going to be air traveling and putting in my podcast bag, I'd love a case for this, just like this case for the H6 that I bought. Actually, it's just the Zoom H6 case. The Zoom H6 came with a case. The H8 did not. And now I'm going to show up a little comparison. If you want to know how big this dang thing is, it is a monster compared to the H6. And for those of you that know what the H5 is, it's even more of a monster than the H5. But you can just see I'm holding them up right now. And you can see that it is way bigger. It's wider. It, uh, in your I'll call, I'll call it out. I've heard people making that comparison and saying like that it's like they talk like it's massive, like it is noticeably bigger. I don't know that the the complaining about people how big people are saying that it is. is oh, as is, a complaint, yeah, as a complaint is warranted. As you hold those up, they're they're like it's eight channels. It's got more features. You could tell from the picture. Twelve channels, I think. Oh, sorry, right? 12, twelve channels. It's it's obviously going to be bigger because you need more physical space for those jacks. But I don't know that it's worth the complaint that people are putting in, especially when many people who are using the HX or the H6 are using the um, whatever adapter it is at the top to give them the extra XLR. Like, I don't know. Uh, I, there, I, there is a new one, but the old yeah. one is the EXH6. Well, that will I, give you two additional ones. What I'm saying is that the the H6, people who need those extra two channels are using the adapter at the top. You don't need that for the H8 because the H8 is doing more built in. So like you, you almost have to comp compare apples to apples if you're often recommending the H6 with the extra XLR capsules. So... Uh, yeah, no, I think it's definitely worth noting like you do, but I've heard a few people complain about the size and it's a beast. And I don't, I don't know that I agree with that If I, from you holding that up there. There's a whole new suite of capsules for uh, surround sound and for um, different things, but it also looks like it's retro um, compatible with the old capsules as well. And I'm, I just pulled off the the two... Um, capsules to the to where the capsule uh, plugs in. Mm. I don't know what to call it. The, the plug-in for the capsules. And it's the same. It okay. looks like the same interface. So it's not a new plug-in. It's the old plug-in. But it, you can have different ones. And I don't know if those capsules, like the surround sound dynamic capsule mm. or the four-channel capsule that you can put on this thing i don't know if that will work with the h6 or h5 matter of fact i don't think it will because you only have two channels to yeah. the top with those whereas this you have four channels to the top so anyway it's a new piece of gear i didn't really want to buy it because it's it's not going to go in my studio and i had stuff to podcast on the road with but when i started to think about how i produce shows i'm like you know it makes sense I'm, I don't need all of the inputs. I don't think, other than the C2E2 panel that we did with 
Gonna Geek back in the day. I think we had seven people on that panel and like Chris and I shared a microphone and that worked just fine. And I think we would be fine with six channels on an H6. Uh, that would be the one use case I've ever had on the road where I would need more than six. And that is over what, six, seven years of podcasting. Yeah. Uh, so I don't need the 12 channels of recording. I am interested in the different modes, the podcast mode specifically. I'm not interested in the music stuff. So if you're going to ask me music stuff, I'm, I, I don't care and I don't have a use case to test it, but I will be testing it for podcasting. I would love also to test the P4 when it comes out, but it's a month away. I think that is going to be more useful for more people because it is the, the podcasting mode is very similar to this. And it's four channels and it's a heck of a lot cheaper. It's like half the price of this. There's no need for just your ordinary podcaster to have this. And we'll see how it works in my use case. I will test it. I don't know if I'm going to podcast or not. That jury is still out. It depends on what I'm going to do while I'm on vacation. And we've said before, unplugging is, you know, a big thing. But I thought it, this will be my one use case mm. for it all year. So might as well try it now <laughs> versus later. And that is the only reason. So if you have any questions about it, and you too, Stephen, and we talked on offline, uh, if you have any questions, please let me know and I will try to answer them. Two things. Number one question. What color is the text while you record? Is it red? Is it monochrome? The counter as oh. you record? I don't know. I haven't uh -huh. turned it on yet. Well, that's too bad because... I, That's a good I question. strongly dislike how the L12 and the L8 have a monochrome display. I think it's ridiculous for a display of this era. But anywho, uh, the second thing is the Bluetooth. I did know about that. And also, as an FYI, I did just check it out to confirm because I was pretty sure that number was what uh, I had seen before. The BTA1 Bluetooth adapter that yep. you need for the H8 is the same adapter uh, mm -hmm. BTA one that the L20 uses. The L20 has the ability to have Bluetooth and the L20 specifically. Um, I know that this one here has like some recording control on it, but I know that was a big thing they pushed with the L20 was like a whole big like uh, virtual whatever you want to call it console and stuff. So it is the same Bluetooth adapter and it's nice to see Zoom not making multiple different adapters for different devices. So that's good. Yeah, at least the capsules are all the same. At least that you know the interface is the same. Like I said, I don't think you're going to get four channels out of an H5 Although, or an H6. I have to say, like, how much does it really cost for the Bluetooth? So I, I'm surprised. It was thirty. It was thirty bucks. Yeah, and that's questionable to me. But what I'm saying is that, like, for them to just bake it in, it seems silly that you have to buy an adapter for either of these. Yeah, I wasn't going to buy it, honestly, because it kept on coming up as an accessory for like the L12 or the L8. I'm like, I'm not buying that. I'm buying the H8. But then I went to Zoom's website and it said that, yes, this was compatible to it. So I'm like, well, it's 30 bucks on, on top of a $400 thing. So might as well try it. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking about that. I think that that's, that's great and a lot of good information. And if you have a question, uh, probably your Discord would be the best place to come by and ask SP. Um, come to betterpodcasting.com slash Discord because I know a lot of people are interested in hearing your firsthand experience. I posted a picture and there was an immediate question. When are you going to test it? I'm like, <laughs> well, I, I can't test it until you know I get 
to where I'm going. So it'll be a couple of days before I even fool around with it. But if you have a question and you want to see the unboxing, which I basically just did for you right here, it was <gasps> the same thing, then there will be another video on the Giddy Geek Gear YouTube channel. All right. I'm going to rant for a moment before I quickly move into something that's... No. I have been getting hit left, right, and center over the last couple months on Facebook with text-to-speech professional voiceover ads. It's unbelievable how many bloody sites are out there saying, you don't need another voice person again, and you never need to hire somebody, and it's human sounding, and you listen, and it's like, no, that's clearly, clearly a robot. And it's really, really terrible. And it sounds like every other text-to-speech service that it's ever been. So I've been getting a lot lately, and it's been really bugging me how they have been pitching this as. And it seems like they're just nonstop. And it's quite... To me, it seems quite obvious that people are either fake comments or people who are just really like falling for it. So... Today, I got one that was was pretty interesting to see, and uh, I'll go ahead and shove it on the video side of things for those who are um, who are watching the video side of things. Sorry, I'm trying to multitask here. And this is the ad that they had. The ad that they had oh. was from a Susie who will leave, will leave <sighs> nameless, saying, here's how we create professional quality voiceovers with only three clicks. Videos without a good voiceover will not convert, will not get you clicks, leads, traffic, or any interaction. That's a fact. And then it went on to a whole bunch of things. But the image that they used was, as we go ahead and describe it. I, I'm just going to go out and, and say it. It's a Blue Yeti. Yeah. And it's a Blue Yeti, I think, with a sticker on it. And I think it's a white yeah. Blue Yeti, which is a special edition or whatever. I think anybody that posts a picture of a professional service and uses a Blue Yeti as their, their, they just don't understand the space. Because if somebody is really doing voiceover, they're going to want to do it on a either a good condenser or it, with an audio-treated room, even a closet. Or they're going to use a dynamic or shotgun microphone. And to use to to put that up there i guess if so okay if, let, if you're let's, if, let's sidestep this point for a second okay. Here, okay remind me what i what what the service is it's what what's it called something to speech text to speech so where does the blue yeti fit into that equation I guess the person that's recording the speech the computer generated modulation okay that you, okay. you at least thought of something. But it's like, why are you using a microphone to promote your product that is text-to-speech? And also, you, anyways, and then the second point was what you had just said about was like, it's not, you're talking about it being professional and you're using a non-professional microphone. Anywho, that was, I, I would get so yeah, much of these stupid ads and I've been checking a lot of them lately just to see like, how good are they? Are they something that could be used? And they all sound terrible. Well, and there was that thing that came out. I don't currently have an Office 365 subscription. I might actually get one through work, but there is the transcription that can come out from using Word and it's real time. But 
you you play it and it transcribes it into word basically and i know a lot of people are into transcriptions we're not here on better podcasting neither steven or i are, are bought into the transcription service but honestly neither of us monetizes our podcast so there's a whole searchability issue that maybe if you are working with a company that that might enhance everything uh but yeah, there there are different services that are coming out that I question their utility to a hobby podcast. And when I hear all this excitement about these new services, it's usually the hobby podcasters that are going, oh, yo, this is the best. No, no. What's going to save your hobby podcast is good, listenable quality content that is produced well. And that is and there's interest in it. That is what is going to get your hobby podcast noticed over time. And I'll, there's still marketing that you need to do, but that's a discussion for a different day. All right. Well, let's talk now about something that I think is of value to hobbyists who have this sort of um, talent skill set. If you are into any sort of graphics designing or anything like that, um, this came up in our Discord last week. It's not new. It's not the first time we've talked about it, but I thought it was worth expanding a little bit on on this show here. For several years, I have been using the Affinity products, A-F-F-I-N-I-T. Specifically, Affinity Photo was the first one that I bought. And then since then have bought Designer and Publisher. And the Affinity Photo is kind of like Photoshop. Affinity Designer is like Illustrator. And Affinity Publisher is like um, InDesign. But the thing is, they're, they're a traditional software pricing models. So they're not subscription. You go and you pay it and they do have sales and they actually have a really, apparently a really good iPad app as well. And I've been really happy. It's done most of what I've needed. I no longer subscribe to Adobe for a long time. I was subscribing to the photo um, plan, the one that gave you Photoshop and Lightroom, I think it was because it was a good price. I don't anymore. And I still get excited actually occasionally when I use it. And I'm not exaggerating. If you see my Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter, every now and then I'll just throw out a tweet there because I get excited because I think they've built a good product. It does look green in some ways still, but overall it's pretty functional and it will import old Photoshop files to a degree that I've got sitting there. There are some things like... um textures and stuff if you had them set up in Photoshop well textures don't really translate properly so they it, it's not the case but overall it works really well and yeah there are some things that you'll go hey why don't you have that yet but I also use um, Adobe products for my day job um, I have a subscription there and I've seen some things change in Adobe or maybe I should say some options become available that have been in the affinity products for a while so it's really interesting to see, and there's lots of really good YouTube videos and stuff out there if you're looking to get into it. It's a little bit of a struggle to start out with and move from Adobe over, but I've been really happy. So if you are into your own little gra graphics design or, you know, graphics design light or anything like that, you like to tinker, might be worth checking out. Um, this is something that came up in our Discord last week, and Oh, I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank. I think it was Damien says he's been using Affinity for a while, too. There's, yep, it was Damien. Yeah, so I'm not the only one who has found it fill that gap. And when you're a hobbyist, hard to afford more than one Adobe product on their subscription model. It really is. 
I mean, there's so much. If you're an audio drama podcaster, you have all that music that you're in sound effects that you need to buy or create. And then you have the graphics stuff. The cost to produce even a hobby show escalate pretty quickly. And from that perspective, I understand people that get on on Patreon and and try to uh, tin cup their podcast. But you need to cut corners where you need to cut corners as a hobby podcaster and this is one of them. Why pay Adobe $200 a month or whatever it is for everything when you can get the same service through other things? Yes. I should clarify. I, it's a little, a, a little smaller than that. I think it's 50 bucks a month. But Well, it, it used to be quite a bit. It used to be like a, a single subscription was like $20. And then if you did it like five of them, it was like $100. And then yeah. you're right. If you bundled stuff, it was, but it was still 50 bucks a month is yeah. a lot. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, they have the all apps for, or it looks like 52. As it stands on September 11th, 2020, um, 52.99 a month US, but actually on better. Might have been Gunna Geek. On some podcast that I do with SP somewhere a while back, there was some controversy because Adobe pricing wasn't always universal. Upfront. Yeah, well, that's true. That's I remember <clears throat> that. Yeah. Because it depended it, on... They were where testing. you were in the world. Yeah, yeah, they were testing pricing in different markets. Hmm, I know. Let's see what the result is when we put the pricing up. That's something we should test. Honestly, <laughs> it, if they're going to do that, they might as well regionalize it. Like, oh, in New York, we can get $500 a month from everybody, but... Don't in, give them ideas. Come on, SB. <laughs> yeah. In, I don't know, Colorado Springs, Colorado, we can only get $5 a month out of them. So, yeah, yeah. that sort of thing. Hey, let's uh, t- go to our Discord question that we had there earlier. Well, a a question comment that came a couple days ago, and it was Damien saying, I like to think you guys don't plan some of your cheesy ass jokes. <laughs> really? Okay, Damien. Yeah, some actually some are scripted, to be honest with you, because we think of things as we're doing the script and we're, oh, this will be kind of cool. But I guarantee you, if I was to put a percentage on it, it's got to be 80 percent or 90 percent of the cheesy things that we do, the little skits that we do during the show. It, we spring it on each other and we just have to be ready to roll with it. And we've just learned to deal with each other along the way. It's same is true kind of on the Get a Geek show, but sometimes Chris doesn't pick up on <laughs> it as well as, as we do. And sometimes he get he gets it way better than we do. It just depends on the day. But yes, I would think most of what we do is on the spot or things that we think about while we're writing the show notes. And then we don't actually put them in the show notes, but we just know that at this point you're going to interject and say something. So yeah, it's, it's a, (laughs) it's a better podcasting unique thing, I think. And for the record, uh, my jokes are lactose free, cheesy ass jokes. Okay. Uh, Lactose free. Which would be good for my stomach. <laughs> uh, also, we had current say, um, uh, so I'm getting ready to start doing interviews on my podcast and YouTube channel. Does anyone have a suggestion for good quality, reliable, and not too resource intensive solution for recording video interviews? I was thinking about trying services like Squadcast or the new Zencaster video service. Now, I think this brings up a point about the person, I guess the interviewee, because you might find a solution that works for your specific system, 
But what if their system is worse than yours? So, so it, many it, people are getting Chromebooks now and just different things. You don't know what their capabilities are. So it is a hard question to answer. And I got to say, I am surprised to see many of these and double end recording services branch into video because they've not mastered audio. Seems like it's, it's a perpetual cycle. We have a company come out, do a really good audio service that is end and end recording. They get popular because certain people decide to use affiliate codes, but we'll leave that rant right there. Um, they get popular. They start to have issues. Those issues never get fixed. People complain. We say, yeah, we stopped recommending that a little while ago because people were complaining. And then they move on to another and then that cycle continues. So I don't know what it is with the video that's able to start working now for some of these, but I'm I don't cautious. think it is. Yeah, I think I, I don't know about you, Stephen, but we've used at work various different video teleconferencing capabilities because, every, you know, everybody's still at home. We do have people in the office. I'm just in the office today. Actually, I go into the office every day. But a lot of people are at home, and there is something to be said if you're used to working in a work environment to be able to have that video connection with different people. Now, not everybody has increased their capabilities. Not everybody wants to spend the money to increase their capabilities, and that includes their internet. And when you have lower capable stuff, like Chromebooks, like I just said, because you have to buy one for your kids, so you might as well use it yourself too, you get degraded capability. And I'm not so sure I want to do video at that degraded capability. I have enough hard time doing video for this show and for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. and for Starling Tribune and for Get a Geek. I would hate to enhance that with multi-source video recording when I know my co-hosts on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. don't have even my capabilities. So you're talking about degraded video capability. You're not talking about 4K for everybody. You're talking at most 1080 and actually probably 720. And unless you do the Hollywood squares, it looks like crap because you're looking um, at a full screen of somebody that's 720 and you might be recording at 4K or you might be producing it at 4K, but the original source is 720 or 480. And that is if you can get a good solid stream, you might get a stream that has everything with audio and video drift. You might lose frames. You might lose whole sections of your show because you're trying to record too much on substandard equipment and you don't know if the server is getting overloaded like if it's a server-based recording like youtube is for example you don't know if you're using a service that's not youtube if that's getting overloaded and you're going to lose quality and you're going to lose frames and stuff like that so i have my doubts about these services at this point and steven people are starting to get 4k webcams now yeah. i mean Wow. I, yeah, I, I'm surprised to see those pick up. And I wonder how much of that is just pure availability. I talked years ago. Um, the Logitech Brio camera seems to have really good reviews. I, I'll admit it, like pretty much every second or third month, I'll look it up. I'll look at the pricing. I'll consider buying it. I, just a few few weeks ago, I considered it because it was on sale. But 
I don't see why I need it at this point because it's just going to be an extra resource. And at the moment, with this talking head video things that I do, I do I really want the extra resource impact for YouTube to see my ugly mug? I don't know. Well, I might if it, if it was like night and day lighting difference. I I've also made it no secret <laughs> that I think the era that the C922 and the C920 came up, especially the C922, is appalling at the visual image with lighting compared to just a crappy phone camera at the time. I, I proved that point many times with different pictures and stuff that I've taken, so it's surprising to me. But I, I don't know these people who are doing the 4K cameras if their computers can handle it. And it's not just their computers, it's their internet connection too. And people are using cell phone service too. And eventually we'll get 5G or 6G or whatever, and it will all work with your cell phone yeah. front facing camera, also known as the selfie camera now, I've learned. Okay, whatever. Yeah. But you're about three years past that, that term. Yeah, yeah. We're not <laughs> at that point right now with uh, connectivity with internet and. Not everybody has good internet. That's another thing that I've learned throughout this whole thing of 2020 <clears throat> is that there's a lot of people that don't even have my internet. And I know this because of the family lake home, but it's been more pronounced because of this distance learning and the haves and the have nots of, of who has good quality internet, who doesn't, who can afford it, who has the equipment for it and that sort of thing. And, and uh, I question the use of video podcasting. I mean, we do it because it's a love for you, Stephen, but I question the use of it. I guess if you're streaming live like we do, it allows people to interact a little bit better than the audio. But other than that, I, I question the use case. I think that there are two different markets, and I think there are certain markets, there are certain podcasts that lend themselves better to a YouTube video, and they have a lot better potential there. I think that podcasting, audio, which is audio, which in theory is audio. Again, the end user will decide what a podcast is. And lots of people do call video shows podcasts. Um, is on such an upward tick, the audio consumption, that I think if you were to put your eggs in only one basket, your better basket, your, your higher chances of listenership or audience, viewership, whatever, would be with the audio world right now. Because audio listening to of podcasts are are going up and going up and there's so much attention. I think that not everybody is... I, I think there's less people who are looking for those videos. So like of the talking head type things. Now, I think it all depends on what it is. I think, I think there are, again, some that are better for video. But no, I agree. I think it's interesting. Uh, last question that we have before you share a quick fun fact. Uh, we had Michelle say, what would be a good pop filter for my mic? I don't want one of those big things. I've been trying to figure out what would fit. So this was for specifically the Sennheiser um, MD46, correct? Yep, that's what she's using right now, the Sennheiser MD46. She also has the Audio-Technica AT2005, but honestly, the Sennheiser is a much better microphone when it comes down to it. So that's what she is using. She has both. And she wants a pop filter for that. Now... I don't know of a specific pop filter. I mean, she has a windscreen, but I know that there used to be pop filters that you kind of bolt on to like the ATR 25 or 2100. Yeah. Maybe one of those, but the capsule on the 
MD-46 might be too big to go over that. I, I don't know. And the body on the MD, MD-46 might be too big for those as well. I, I know that the body of the ATR-2100 is, is wide for a handheld microphone, so maybe, but I'd have to find those. And that's, that's my, the only thought that I had is one of those, and I don't even know where to get one now. I don't know if they are on Amazon or eBay or, or whatever. They used to be able to get one. I don't know if you can now. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that this is quite the problem that we've we've got in the pop filter world. There's not, there's really like the big obtrusive one that's universal, and there's a couple different sizes of that. But even my experience, the smaller ones have still been obtrusive, and so you're kind of stuck with something like what you described—the one on the shock mount. There are a few others, and unfortunately, I don't have them with me because this question did come in late. Um, there is one that I've seen that is meant to thread on to like your um, pop filter, but it's meant more so for a, you know, like a condenser that is um, vertical. So yeah, you might be able to do that with the right shock mount and getting a little bit creative, but I think you're probably looking at as small as you can get of one of the goosenecks. And, and that sucks because the gooseneck one is very obtrusive and no matter which one it is. So it's tough there. Yeah. I don't know if it's long enough, but there is the, I saw it at B and H photo, the onstage P B P M dash J B H that looks like it would possibly work, but I don't know if the stick that the pop filter on is long enough yeah, for it to work. Oh, I just wish that they, there would be somebody that would make the, make the BNH, is the BNH, is that the one that makes the, um, B, BSW makes BSW, the RE, yeah, the yeah. RE 320 or RE20 uh, pop. I wish they would make, someone would make something that is just like that with the adjustable thread and the, um, like an adjustable clamp. Even if it was a clamp that was kind of like, you know, like a a plumbing clamp where you have a screw that tightens. I don't care what it is. I wish someone would make that. It's it's annoying that they don't. And there would be all sorts of uses. Like the, the, a lot of people have asked me about the pop filters that I've used, like I've used. And it's been a DIY solution, which was taking a, a rod from one of those cheapo shock mounts that you described. And I drilled a hole in a pop filter, actually, that SP sent me a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And I threw a nut on there, which doesn't fit very well, so I have to tighten it all the time. And it all just, like, it was it was a total DIY type thing. And that shouldn't be the case. There should be someone that makes it. And I don't, I don't have the resources to start that, but I wish someone would start that. So we can throw it out to our audience. If you guys have something that would work specifically for a Sennheiser MD-46... Let us know. And like I said, maybe one of those ATR 2100s, if you could link me one because I can't find them anymore. If you have one of those, let me know and I will pass it on to Michelle. I would actually like to have that while I'm on the road too yeah. with my Samsung Q2U because I, I notice I pop quite a bit on those, even though I try not to. I also notice I... I have a noise gate here in the studio and I hate my breaths 
when I'm on a handheld dynamic while I'm on the road. I've tried different things to mitigate that, and I can mitigate it, but it's by no means gone. And because it is so minimalistic here in the studio, it really jumps out at me when I'm on the road or recording through my mobile gear or something like that. So I would be even interested in it as well, knowing with my experience with the Rode Procaster that no matter what you put on it, you could still pop through it. Don't agree with that decision um, because I don't know that we've we've tested one that's at the accurate distance because even your makeshift that, was yeah, that's good closer. yeah so it, it it was makeshift yeah yeah so I wish that again I wish there was one that was adjustable that we could get that the distance from the Roadcaster Pro that we need it's annoying it's very annoying but let's close this up with one last story time fireside story time with Stargate Pioneer the fireside host tonight and we're not talking about that service that died <laughs> did it die it is it, is it completely gone i don't know anyway my daughter came home for the weekend and i should have known she had an ulterior motive because she always does she's in college right now she's I, taking I a class interrupt you i'm sorry i mixed them up fireside is is around fireside is the podcast hosting and uh, analytics i was thinking of there was some video streaming that i was what, thinking was of. that firesides too there, there was two know. Is fire stream fire something. Anyways, I just want to make sure we don't get ourselves in trouble. Fireside.fm exists. There's your free plug. All right. There you go. So my daughter came home for the long weekend this past weekend. I should have known there was an artillery or ulterior motive. There was. Uh, she is in college right now. She was taking a class. And one of the things in class that she needed to do was to do an interview with a leader, which I am through work. And she wanted to do a recording because they have to do a recording now most of the kids are probably just going to do recording through their mobile phones on a desk or something like that but she knew i had the gear and everything and so i got out the podcasting panel gear that i have so i took my sennheiser md46s out i took my zoom h6 out it was before i got the zoom h8 and I connected everything up and then we had a nice about half an hour interview through the MD46s. And yeah, that was it was interesting. So I prepared for it like I would any other podcast or interview. I actually had show notes, so to speak, beforehand because she let me know the questions, which I don't advocate, by the way. Don't let your subject know the questions because then you're not going to get truly authentic answers. But in this case, I'm glad she did because it allowed me to do some research into my answers and to provide more impactful answers for her. It also allowed me to do the notes so I could give them to her later. So as she's writing her report, she would have all those notes and everything. So that was really neat. And I might post it at some point, but I'm going to have to edit out some personal things in there. But it is, it was fun. And the kid came up and said, Hey, can we, can we record a podcast? And then afterwards, Stephen, I, I mentioned this to you. She said, are you, are you going to put it on any one of your podcasts? To which we've actually made some headroom on that, but I, it won't be on a better podcast. It won't be on the better podcasting live chat, but it might be on a show on the Gunna Geek Network. We will see. Yeah, that's a fun story. I, li I like that. And uh, I just got a question for you. Quest. What's a podcast? It's a miserable little pile of secrets. Fair enough.
So thank you, everybody who checked out the show. Uh, hey, if you are usually one that checks out our live recordings, you should know that the next episode of Better Podcasting, as I mentioned, uh, was already recorded. So September 15th, Tuesday, there will not be a recording. There will be another live chat, in theory, <laughs> as it stands, on September 22nd. But there is a chance that might move. There might, there's a chance that it might be a little bit different. Um, details are being finalized, and we'll figure that out as we get a little bit closer. But keep your eyes on our Discord or social media, and we will make sure to tell you if that is going to move. And check out all the awesome content at betterpodcasting.com. SPT is an unboxing. Um, an astute viewer might know that there is an unboxing coming myself, and at some point, hopefully, another video comparison of some form. We'll see. Got to give it a little bit more time. And also, if you have something that you'd like to see us cover on betterpodcasting.com, let us know and we'll see what we can do with writing an article, doing a video, or just sobbing into a microphone. There's some of that sometimes too. So for episode number 16 of Better Podcasting Live Chat, I'm Stephen John Drew saying, hey, this podcast is old enough to drive now. And I'm SP saying, I hope you're having fun for your hobby podcast. If you guys have any questions, let us know. Talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.